Uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, I um, met up uh, purely by coincidence with somebody who uh, I know for the last, oh, I don't know, 30, 35 years or so in that area, 25 years, whatever the case may be. And that is uh, Josh Eisen. And Josh told me that he's uh, dabbling in the area of uh, of uh, campaigning in politics. And I invited him on the air to be here at JMNAM in the interim, in the interim, before we get to the conversation regarding his uh, political aspirations. Um, I was watching, I believe it was Fox News the other night, and they're doing a story about a, a gentleman in Westchester County who is lighting a very special Hanukkah, a very special Hanukkah menorah, uh, this Hanukkah, and they have footage of it and do a whole story about it because of its historical and emotional significance. So with those details and with the details regarding his uh, upcoming campaign and election, uh, I welcome Josh Eisen into our studio. I say happy Hanukkah to you, sir. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you. This menorah, this Hanukkah, has a unique history, and you tweeted about it, and some news sources I just pointed out uh, picked it up. Tell us what the whole story is with the Hanukkah menorah. So the story with the menorah is that... um, when they came to round up Jews, they they gave them a little warning, and many Jews knew it was coming, so they would bury a lot of their valuables in barrels or under the ground, or in barrels under the ground in in uh, the case of my grandfather, and he oh, buried so among... It was not uncommon that people did this No, no, it's a wow. common story that people right. buried things. What was uncommon is that when you came home, right. it wasn't all looted. Correct. Here, I guess, they missed the menorah, they missed the silver cup they missed a couple of uh candlesticks that my cousin uh, george has his mother took those um and my father dug it up after the war so it's just one of those things that and this was in poland this was in hungary in hungary yeah my father was a real oberlander right so this so this menorah obviously survives the war the way you just described it ends up here in the u.s with your family you light it and then you tweet about it right I light it, and <clears throat> then I go online to look at Twitter because I just signed up for Twitter because of the campaign, and uh. I see that some of the other candidates have politicized the lighting of menorahs, right. and it really upset me, although at that moment I realized everything is politicized, <laughs> so I, I'm forgiving, but <laughs> in that moment I wanted to take the photo of that menorah and say something really nasty and make a mockery of the people who light Kwanzaa menorah candles and all that stuff, like they're all the same as though they don't belong to any community. And I actually belong to a community, and that belong me, belonging compelled me to be home to light that menorah. I couldn't be at the photo op. And just the whole thing just struck me as really bad on the one hand, and at the same time I understood, wow, this is politics. So I just took a photo of the menorah, and I wasn't going to say anything nasty because... The week before, I'd met some Rebbes. The Sama Rebbe gave me bracha. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to be a calm guy. And then I saw there's a place to put a story or some tweets. I was like, oh, you could actually... I thought you can either get the 144 characters or the photo. I was pleasantly surprised to see you could do both. So I just wrote out the story really as I thought it. And I tweeted it. Um, so it really evolved from like a moment of rage and anger to one of where I just got lost in the spirit of what that menorah was. And um, that was a very like quick journey. You know, uh, it was an elevator up 
Very fast. Retweeted and or liked about how many times? Do you I know? know 40, 45,000 times. In the tens of thousands. Yeah, and we didn't amplify it at all. I, there were experts who said you could do this, you could do that, <laughs> right. have your entire staff respond to people. And I said, I'm responding. They were like, you can't respond to everybody. And I said, then I won't. But to have someone else respond in my name in order to amplify the voice or anything like that, that's like campaign candidates uh, for elected office who quote-unquote, don't collect money before they officially declare and then miraculously have $250,000 on hand a week into the campaign. I wonder how that happens. <laughs> uh, Josh Eisen is here. Uh, so I was fascinated by the fascination that the media and the general community had toward this whole story. I thought that was pretty cool. I was really surprised. I thought I was, um, you know, tweeting into a, uh, a dry well. Right. That cyberspace much, somewhere yeah just it's it's out there i didn't i did not think in, in any way that it would become a, a viral thing it wasn't. well it was a great story and call it i think it really helped spread the light of hanukkah and the, the the background of it obviously the dichotomy that in the 1940s your uh, grandfather is doing that and now in 2019 you're doing this in terms of lighting the menorah in addition to running for office as a jew is pretty amazing all right josh eisen is here now all right, let, let, to, well, let me just add one thing. Yeah. When you mentioned my father and my grandfather, <clears throat> I would be remiss if I didn't share with you just some of the feelings I had coming here. My father worked here at 465 Grand Street for almost 40 years. He worked with a lot of socialists, even though in Hungary he never joined the Communist Party. He risked his life not to join the party there, and he came here as a political refugee. But more ironically, my grandfather the one who died in Auschwitz, the one whose menorah that was, lived right nearby here on Willett Street in, wow. in buildings that no longer exist. Right. And he moved back to Hungary in 1898 because of the anti-Semitism in the United States. And he thought it would be better and easier for him in Hungary. Wow. So I think I would have been remiss not to just mention the feelings I had knowing that I'd come here as a child so many years, went to Ratner's, had that gourmet <laughs> uh, blintzes and everything, and then you know saw my dad at the dollar dry dock building which i think now is some some other kind of bank apple bank apple bank i think that's what it is um and oh and i was saying to myself why does 465 sound familiar it's the bank it's the bank right the bank and it was dollar dry dock in those right. days and upstairs they had the united housing correct um yeah. and, and, and when you say willett street uh, th that's accurate because it's all stuck right that's all stuck but those buildings across the street were not in existence during your grandfather's exactly. time exactly I did all the research, and yeah. I found all his papers. Very interesting. All right, so Josh Eisen, uh, catch us up. Bring us up to date on what's happening in Westchester County with the United States House of Representatives. So we have uh, a, a good woman, Nita Lowy, who, uh, who goes actually is a member of this one of the temples to which I belong, the JCC of Harrison, and she uh, she's been a a stalwart of Jewish values and uh, <clears throat> a committed uh, congressional representative uh, to Israel, I think. Um, and she decided to retire the day after Yom Kippur, which was also the day I was planning to file. 20th uh, congressional district. The, the 17th congressional 17th? district. 17th? Oh, I'm sorry. 17, all of Rockland and oh, parts of Oh, she went from 20 to 18 to right. 17. Okay. Exactly. Since 2013, it's the 17th congressional yeah. district. I believe the 17th many, many years ago was actually the one that Ed Koch represented mm. down here when New York had many more people right. before the left-wingers scared everyone away. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> so anyhow, we have a, we have a good race in, uh, in 17 because now for the first time in years, it's competitive. 
The last time a legitimate Republican ran, he gave Nita a real run for her money. He got 45%. That was Chris Day. He had $200,000 to her very elitist $2.2 million, none of which came from her own money. Uh, Just I'll point that out, even though she was the wealthiest person in Congress. Um, But she stood up for a lot of good values. In the last few years, I believe that she really followed uh, the left-wing part of the party down a, a very dark road the road of uh, taking away health care from unions, right? Medicare for all is not for unions. Down the road of allowing anti-Semitic voices to echo in the chambers of the Democratic Party. <clears throat> and whatever comfort Nita might have had in the 50s or 60s being around the Dixiecrats and the racism in the Klan, I don't think today she should be as comfortable with that kind of stuff. She should have stood up to it. Uh, this isn't the JFK election anymore. And uh, now it's a new age, but we have people who are the ones who pulled Nita to the left, like David Buckwald, or we have carpetbaggers like Evelyn Farkas and uh, Adam Schleiser, or whatever his name is. He's really just his father's son. His father owns Regeneron, and he's worth $1.3 billion. Um, There's a good guy named Mondaire Jones. He's running from the extreme left. He was going to primary Nita, and... um, he would have been the first gay African-American member of Congress, but that's super unlikely to happen at this point. There's David Carlucci. He's uh, from the Rockland side of the county, and uh, he was part of the IDC, so he's got his own problem with the Democrats. But all those problems that they have don't matter so much because it's really not about what disqualifies those guys. It's about what qualifies me. And I'm just coming in there with a the whole world of vision and ideas. I'm coming in there challenging people to sit with me in dialogue, and that is all I ask for from any Democrat, Republican, Independent. I don't care how radical you are, so long as you're not a Klansman or a Nazi or a Stalin, I'll sit with you and I'll dialogue. When is when is this Republican primary? There is no Republican primary. You will, you will be the only Republican candidate? At this point, it looks that way. And when I first ran, I was planning to run against Nita. And before I ran, I went to a few prominent Republicans and I reached out. And I, I sat with a couple of them and tried to implore them to run because I felt that Nita's just no longer making her own decisions. And I have no idea where she is health-wise. She obviously is telling the world she's no longer fit to be a congresswoman. Now, she's still serving as a congresswoman. She's obviously, in her own mind, not as fit as she once was to do the job. And we see it, that she's just being pulled into directions that the Nita Lowy, who cared about workers and who cared about work ethic and who cared about dignity and labor and all those good Jewish things, that, that Nita Lowy's gone. I don't know where she is. And, um, and, and I felt the Republican could win um, so, so the before, next, before Nita dropped So out. the next formal um, uh, battle that you are concentrating on is, in fact, the general election. And I'm assuming that that's November of 2020. That is November of 2020. And, and, in, and in advance of that, I assume there'll be a Democratic primary a couple of months before that, right? The Democratic primaries in June, and all oh, the June. candidates I spoke about are Democrats who are running for Nita seat. As soon as she dropped out, several other people joined Mondaire Jones in the race. I mean, right, well, I kind of feel what, bad for Mondaire. But that's what happens when they're, you know, when an incumbent leaves. All right. Um, so first of all, how do people get information about your campaign online? What will be the best website for that? Eisenforcongress.com. And um, are, are you raising money at this point for your campaign? I am certainly raising money for my campaign. I have put in a half a million dollars of my own cash into the race, and I feel that gives me a moral authority to ask for money, um, and that's what I'm doing. I, 
I thought I never thought I'd be a schnorrer, <laughs> but now I'm a schnorrer, and when people don't give me the money, I become a nudnik. Does, does this the, does this campaign or has this campaign gotten the attention of those in our community? Just for a moment, focused on the Jewish community uh, who participate strongly in uh, in PACs, political action committees, etc. Are people uh, focused on this race, knowing that it's an open seat, and that you, as a Republican, as a big supporter of Israel? Uh, could be, you know, the future of that area of Westchester in Congress. I'm trying to get the word out. We're reaching out to all the different people at APAC and all the different people at different. Um, well, I'm thinking more about the political action committees. Those actually, you know, support and yeah, the you know. the right. They they could support um, right now. Just the, the, I can get into the mechanics of fundraising, but just the way it works is you try to get individuals in the beginning. Right. The PACs really come in later. Right. And when, um, when, they, when they see how well you're doing. And, right, they see how well you're doing, and also they can then run their own ads. They can right. do a lot of things independent from me. Was there a Republican congressperson in this district in the history of, uh, of the seat? I'm just wondering because I would think, knowing Westchester, that there had to have been, but, I, but, I'm, not, but I'm not sure, frankly. No, <laughs> Jews who live in Westchester and a lot of the, uh, you know, the good Catholics and other people who belong to the very strong communities in Westchester have just a strong history of dignity and labor. And I think those ties to the unions um, kept them as Democrats, kept them as Democrats. A lot of the people in Westchester are Italians and Jews who kind of migrated north from the Bronx over the years. There were very strong Italian communities that settled there many years ago. And in Harrison, where I live, it's actually strong Republican, as it turns out. But it depends where you go. But right. most of the communities, yeah just have like a legacy of being democratic, but things change, right? There's no question about that. We, we, we see how things change they on many change different levels politically very and very quickly. And, yeah. and look how things have changed for the Jewish community of New York uh, in recent weeks. Uh, people are walking the street a little bit differently uh, in our community than they, than they were just a few weeks ago. Right. I know people now who used to walk the streets calm and relaxed, mm -hmm. and now they're walking around ready for a fight. Correct. And so, that's no fun way to walk the streets. That is for sure. We need good representation. We need people who are going to be uh, true to their word uh, when they actually win the seat uh, for which they're running. You can get information about Josh Eisen's uh, run for Congress up in Westchester by going to the website eisenforcongress.com, E-I-S-E-N, eisenforcongress.com. And as you just said, I you know because there is no primary between now and uh, and November of next. Well, you never know. Somebody could always right, jump that's in. That's true. But at this point, between now, but essentially between now and the and election day next year, you're going to be raising money. You're going to be uh, doing a lot of speeches. You're going to be meeting a lot of people, and no doubt uh, you will employ the same strategy that some of these successful government officials have employed in recent times, and that is knowing you, trying to meet as many people as possible in your district. Meeting the voters is yeah. the most important thing and listening to the voters. And that's what I've been doing. And I specifically want to hear what they have to say about things that they don't know about. Like I, was, sorry. I was reading a Times article the other day about Mayor Bloomberg and his first race for mayor when he was basically told by everybody, including Mayor Giuliani, that he has no chance whatsoever, especially being so unfamiliar with the political landscape because he wasn't a politician. And they attributed his victory partly, but 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 more more so than just partly, a significant portion of his victory to the fact that we don't realize those who worked around him said this. We don't realize how hard he worked to meet as many people as possible during that campaign, and that 
you know, and that face-to-face encounter, those face-to-face encounters went a long way and eventually landed him as mayor of New York. Yeah, you, you now speak to the essence of what all success is about, and that is hard work. And people could say whatever they want about Bloomberg, and the Democrats are now painting him as some kind of entitled, elitist billionaire. Right. When it's pretty funny. He, he, yeah, he did it all himself. And, and we New Yorkers know how hard he worked to win that election. He did not buy that election. Right. The money put him in a position to work 100-hour weeks. And I remember reading an article about Bloomberg about how he was working so hard and so many hours he didn't have time to work out and right. he gained weight because he was eating everywhere he went. Right. And I, I, I thought that was an interesting thing and I couldn't relate to it. I'm like, how could you ever work so much? You don't have time to go for a run or play some ball. Uh, now I understand it a little bit, but that's that's the way it is that when you're working for yourself and I'm in my business, so I go, I go for a run, I'm the loser, right? Um, I make a sacrifice for my health and the sacrifice I make is in my career. I go home early, so I make a sacrifice in my money, but I'm with my children. I stay at work till midnight for two months, so I make a sacrifice with my kids. Who knows what shenanigans they're up to? So there's always a give and take in everything in life, and I think the working out thing was puzzling to me, but now I understand it, because, and for Bloomberg, I don't understand it, but I'm actually, I've raised money, so now I'm responsible, and I'm, a, I'm the guardian of other people's money, and now do I have a moral right to be awake and not be working right. for the people who gave me that money. People are investing in you. That's it. And, and they want to see that seat go to a Republican. And that is why I never, ever took money for for businesses that I've owned. I've always had partners that were there. And um, and this is very unique for me that people are giving me money and trusting me. And they don't want to return financially. If I could just give people like 10% on their money, they wouldn't ask me exactly how you did it. Right Here, I know. They just my, want you to win. <laughs> they want me to win, but they, they want to know that I'm not wasting time. Right. Eisenforcongress.com. Eisenforcongress.com. Please keep us up to date on the progress throughout the campaign. I will do that. And a pleasure seeing you and reuniting in this fashion. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And Josh pointed out that there's some uh, amazing selections off of the Yiddish Gems collection from Avram Freed. We've got one of them uh, to wrap up this conversation at JM in the AM. Schäfer will mir da reden und erzählen von jene Freden. Freizach alle tanzt und gewählt, es kommt die Teure auf der Welt. Der Beschäfer von der Welt, der größer Beure, sucht nach Osten für seine Tochter, die heilige Teure. Freizach alle tanzt und gewählt, Alle Völker von der Welt. Der Beschäfer fragt bei die Völker alle, wer will die teure Farakalle? Die Völker fragten, was ohne wenn? Hey, man will nicht hin, man will nicht sehen. Und fahre was und fahre wenn? Lomisen, was is geschehen? Is a malach mit die Teure von Himmel a Rob, 
Sagt men zu em Harrosho, sagt uns was Pajalosto. Sagt sie dem Malach, dem ersten Gebot. Und euch hier bin ich Gott. Ei sagen sie nein, halt es allein. Ihr wisst nicht, Chaver, wohin zu gehen. Wir haben gelitten bei die Tatesalen. Also wie bei uns ist schön. Nein, nein, halt es allein. Mir haben man an der Main. Ich hab schärfer auf kein Deutschland gehen. Ich hab schärfer mit nein verstehen. Der Malage fliegen gleich dahin und es geht kommen kein Berlin. Und die Deutschen, die teure Weister, und fragt zu Abeilen ist wer. Sagen sie mir seinen Gerät, sagen sie der Wahrheit, was da steht. Sagt sie der Malach, Eloisire Zach, Teuten ist nicht keine schöne Sache. Sagen sie nein, halt es allein, ihr weiß nicht, mein Herr, wohin zu gehen. Wir haben gelitten beim Vater allein, als heute darf man was meinen. Nein, nein, halt es allein, wir haben ein anderer Mann. Vielleicht probieren sie kein Frankreich gehen, vielleicht wollen sie es verstehen. Der Maler geflogen weiter bis, er ist gekommen, kein Paris. Franzosen, die teure Weister und fragt zu Abeilen, wie sie will. Sagen sie, Silvo Play, sagt uns was und wie sie. Ich gibt sie der Malach zu verstehen, der Familienleben darf sein Rein. Sagen sie, nein, halt es allein, ihr wisst nicht, Monsieur, wohin zu gehen. Wir haben gelernt, weil die Tage sahen, also wie bei uns ist schön. Nein, nein, halt es allein, wir haben ein anderer Mann. Efscher beruft kein Engelland gehen, die Efscher wird mir neu verstehen. Ist der Malach geflogen weiter in Welt, kommt kein London neu vom Berg. Und die Engländer, die teure Weister, und fragt zu Abeilen, wie es wird. Sagen sie, thank you, Sir, weißt nur ein Gesetz ahead. Sagt sie der Malach, Eloi, sag ihm, ohohoh, ich sollte nicht gewusst, was jener hat. Ei, sagen sie, nein, halt es allein, ihr wisst nicht, Mister, wohin zu gehen. Wir haben gelitten bei die Tatesalen, als Gelusten darf man was mein. Nein, 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 halt es allein, wir haben ein anderer Mann. Efscher Plus in Amerika gehen, die Efscher wird man nicht verstehen. Ist der Maler geflogen, weigert er mit Sorg Und ist gekommen, kein New York Die Amerikaner, die teure Weister Und verreckt, so ein Beilen ist weg Sagen sie Thank you, fine Was für ein Business, was für ein Lein Sagt sie der Maler Hört mit Kopf Covid hat die Mama geht ab Sagen sie nein, halt es allein wir geben ab, kommt nur der Jugend allein. Fahr die Eltern, genug ist fahr sie. Der Jumpt auf Mother's Day. Nein, nein, halt es allein. Wir haben ein ander Mann. Die Efscher beruft zu die Araber gehen. Die Efscher wird mir nicht verstehen.
Bach geflogen und geblieben stehen in Asie in Eberdayardein. Die Araber, die teure Weißter und fragt zu Abayon und Sever. Sagen sie, gut mapsut, Weißdorf für ihr, was man tut. Sagt sie der Malach, Leute, genau, nicht Ganwe und nicht Bluff. Sagen sie, nein, halt es allein, ihr weißt nicht, habe ja wohin zu gehen. Wir haben gelitten bei die Tatesale, als Ganwe darf man was mehr. Himmel dort, als die Teure soll von Westen dort. 